and welcome to yet another edition of the Boincast. I am Josh Bland and I'm joined as ever by my good friend Alex Newton. How are you today, mate? It's on. It's on, isn't it? <laughs> hey, look, well, look, we said it last week, didn't we? We said it last week that, you know, if we if we do win, we're, we're back invested. In, Big sums uh, baggies, wheeling into town. The, <laughs> the Premier League bus, the engine started for another season. It's had its <laughs> It failed for yeah. a lot of parts. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's quite incredible, really. Albion have obviously won their last games, but it's the, it steamrolled the the pesky saints of Hassan Huttle, didn't it? Yeah, those. I mean, it's just <laughs> you're a, you're a man who sounds like he's buoyant, mate. Yeah, buoyant baggage. Well, look, it's um, let, let let's start by talking about the Southampton game because. So often this season, Alex, I think oh, I say there's been lots of false dawns. There's been about three false dawns. Um, but so often, so far, throughout the season, we've put in a semi-decent performance, you know, like we did against Sheffield United, right back under Billich, and we did against Liverpool and Man City. And then, of course, we did against the Wolves as well. And it's just sort of amounted to nothing. We've won the game and then we've not followed it up with results. And maybe it's because the team maybe feel like the pressure's off and, and maybe, you know, even more so after, obviously, the Newcastle result went against us. But... They played like a team that were hungry. They played like a team that, that had a real desire and a belief that they could stay in the division. And it was another fantastic and, you have to say, dominant performance. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. I think it's as good as the Chelsea performance because from minute one to 90, we were the better side. We never agree, looked yeah. under pressure. And it's been such a long time since I've seen us do that to a team and look in control of the game. And it never kind of crept into my mind that we might throw this away, we might come under a bit of pressure. For once, I was calm with us having the lead. And I feel like it's probably been, you know, even kind of over almost 18 months now, the first lockdown, we kind of stumbled over the line in the championship, if you will. We haven't dominated a game like that. I suppose the last two, right, against Chelsea in the second half, we were comfortable. But it, there was a few moments in that Chelsea game where, you know, you were kind of hiding behind your sofa and peering over to watch. But the Southampton game, unbelievable performance. I think there was a mix of uh, the baggies being good and Southampton being bad. I thought they were dreadful. But yeah. from minute one, we were on it, weren't we? And it, it does make you think, doesn't it? You know, the last 180 minutes have been by far the best 180 minutes of football that we've played all season. Where's this been? Because nothing's changed, has it? Yeah, I mean, there's an element of frustration there, isn't there? Because I think, well, I, think, well, I suppose you say nothing's changed. I think the big change obviously was was the, with the sort of the personnel switch in January. But yeah, it is frustrating that it's taken them so long to get to this position because right now, Alex, they look like a match for anyone in the division. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like you said, the pressure's off now, isn't it? We are the underdogs. There's nothing for us to lose, really. We were expected to go down. Look, we still probably are going to go down. It would take some sort of miracle for it to uh, for that not to be the case. But, yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying this baggies with a bit of swagger about them and a bit of, you know, it's almost like an FU attitude. Isn't it yeah. going, well, hang on, you know what? What have we got to lose? Um, I think Callum Robinson has epitomised that, hasn't he, over the last two games and just gone, you know what? Let's have a bit, bit of fun. 
see what happens. And actually, what's happened is two brilliant, brilliant results. Yeah, I think I'm glad you've picked up on Callum Robinson because I feel like he's quite a nice little sort of, I don't know, microcosm through which to explore the game, really, because he, you know, like the Albion now, I think has been, you know, largely written off. Maybe a lot of Albion fans were thinking, yeah, OK, he's going to be a really important player for us in the Championship, but maybe he doesn't have it at Premier League level. And he obviously, you know, he grasped his chance with both hands in the Chelsea game. And, and again, I, I felt like he was so instrumental against Southampton. And he's been at the fulcrum of really everything good that we've done. And it is, it is lovely to see him score against not Chelsea, isn't it, really? Yeah, and what a goal... It was as well. Again, three good goals scored. I know one was a penalty, but it was kind of the move to the penalty was really well worked. And, you know, not only are we playing this kind of fast attacking football, we look solid at the back and organised in midfield. And it just feels like all the kind of pennies have dropped into the right place for the last uh, six or seven games of the season, which we already alluded to is a little bit frustrating but yeah up the uh the free flowing free scoring back is eight goals in the last two games it's mad isn't it it's mad I mean let, let, let's talk about the forward line um because I, I want to just sort of throw out another while well, we're sort of talking about individual performances obviously Pereira very good again and, and the midfield as well I think Maitland-Niles put in the best performance that I've seen him have in, a, in an Albion shirt so far I thought he was instrumental deserved man of the match but I want to talk about Diagne who, because I think we saw almost everything in essence, really, yeah, every, yeah, why he's such an asset. Because I think, you know, he's one of those players who's not necessarily good, as good facing goal as he is with his back to it and bringing in Some players around him. Irony, do you think, in us uh, saying that, you know, he, his positioning's not great and being offside too often to uh, scoring an onside goal yeah. and it being ruled for offside? Well, I was holding fire on this one until a bit later, but let's dive into it right now because it is one of the most fundamentally ridiculous decisions I've ever seen. It's and I funny say someone who when was, you win the game three 0 Yeah, I think, I, and in many ways, I think the referees are, are very, very relieved that we have gone on to win the game so comfortably because I tell you what, that would have caught. There would have been one hell of a ruckus. Well, we've had some wonders this year, haven't we? After the Lewis Dunk free kick that wasn't a free kick, and obviously. There was the the Man United game at Old Trafford with all the controversy there. But yeah, they all seem to involve us, these weird and wonderful ones. But I mean, that one on Monday night was the most bizarre thing. I mean, just use your eyes at this point, surely. Yeah. Well, I do think it's one of these things that, I mean, I was always pro-VAR. Always, I was pro-goal-line technology. And then I thought, you know, VAR in, could improve the game and... The whole point of it is to eliminate controversy because I like I think like a lot of people, it's just sick to the back teeth of the constant narrative and all analysis essentially just being, oh, well, the referee got that decision wrong. I'm sick of that. And I, I was bored of it. And that's what I thought was VAR could solve. And <laughs> if anything, it's amplified it tenfold, doesn't it? And it, it doesn't clarify things. It makes things more confusing. It's it's ridiculous. But they did get that one wrong. Um, oh, I mean, there's no, not, absolutely no doubt about it. I mean, I mean, as much as I'm sort of harping on about a lack of clarity, that is as clear as a decision as you will ever say. Make no mistake about it. It's an obscene decision. Um, so, yeah, deeply, deeply, deeply frustrating. But, I mean, we're, 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 we're sort of looking rosy, aren't we? Because we went on um, to win the game. Uh, I thought you were right, Alex, as well, to mention the fact that we did, you know, so solid defensively. And that's partially because I think, you know, we've got players like Bartley, who's really stepped up this season, O'Shea, who I think is improving week on week, and obviously big Sam Trusts. But also the fact that you, we now have that, 
absolutely crucial screen with Yokoshin in front of the back four. And he, he again was instrumental. Yeah, it really gave us a base to just let basically the shackles off those forward players. They're not stuck in these kind of two banks of four or yeah. a bank of five and a bank of four or a bank of four and a bank of five, however you want to look at it. What Yokoslu's done is just basically just screen the defence, almost play as that third centre-back that can step out. And it's just let the likes of Phillips, who I think kind of a little nod to him over the last few weeks. I think he's been yeah. superb and looking... Deserved his goal. Deserved his yeah, goal. Yeah, he really it took it well as well. Mm. I mean, Diagno has put it on a plate for him, but he's still got a bit to do from the tight angle. Um, the likes of Robinson and Maitland-Niles. And it's also bringing out the best of Pereira, which for a long time this season we weren't seeing. When we've got those players clicking and on song because of Ikoshlu, what it does, it just forces the team that we're playing back a little bit. And we're not under so much pressure defensively. We have time to regroup. And I think Bartley had a really good game as well. You know, this is Southampton side that's got quality in the team. They're not in the best run of form, but they've got quality. Theo Walcott, James Will Prowls, Ings, Redmond, Armstrong, they're all good players who on their day have, you know, turned up against the biggest teams in the Premier yeah. League. But we just look so comfortable and I think it's um, uh, you can say Southampton were poor which they were but I think we made them look poor because they looked out of ideas they couldn't find a way past us we held our shape really well Um, I can't pick out I I guess a single player that I'd want to give praise to more than another especially across the back line because I thought all of them were brilliant I thought Furlong had his best game in ages O'Shea brilliant Bartley already mentioned brilliant Townsend, great as well. The only one probably that you wouldn't mention up until the 94th minute was Sam Johnston, who had nothing to do at all, really, throughout the game. And then uh, in the last minute, we decided to give away a penalty, which wasn't great by Townsend. And then just to put the icing on the cherry at the top of the cake, a bit of everything with extra sprinkles, he goes and bloody saves it. Yeah, it was a poor penalty, but a good save. Had to guess right because he struck it powerfully and he made me look like a genius because as he's running up, I said, oh, Johnston's going to save this. So it's a great, you know, it's a great moment. Well, I mean, I, taking credit for I was doubly annoyed about it, actually, because number one, I have James Ward-Prowse in my fantasy football team. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> it. that's not gone well. And if you, you cast your minds back a week, I predicted West Bromwich Albion 3, Southampton 1. And when yeah. the James Ward-Prowse is jogging up to take that penalty, I've got the tweet ready. On the broadcast Twitter account, just going Nostradamus, he's here again. Another <laughs> correct result. And then he saved it. But uh, yeah, 3 0, three points. I mean, eight points off safety, seven games left. I mean, it would be it would be a ridiculous, it would be a miracle if we stayed up from here. And I, I stand by that. I don't think it will happen. But what I've liked is uh, above all else, Alex, the aggression that we've shown. We've been pressing them high up the pitch. We've been forcing errors. And, you know, again, it's worth noting that the second goal comes from Diania pressing as our second goal goal against Chelsea as well. And our full players are really putting a fucking shift. Our defensive players look really solid. And we're playing with a bit of flair and creativity. And it's great. It's, uh, yeah, it's just enjoyable. And I think if we go sort of mentally, we'll keep performing. It'll be really enjoyable. Uh, so yeah, good win. 
it's just, it's so nice to actually talk positively about it. It's been, it seems like it's been so long since we've been able to do it regularly. Anyway, uh, a bit of a different sort of format point this week as well, Alex. We should probably say because Albion are playing on Thursday next um, week. Next week, you haven't missed a game if you're listening to something. No, Friday morning. no, no, no. We're gonna we're gonna Which save is bizarre it because uh, we. I think there was a story, wasn't there, that um, Dean Smith and Sam Allardyce basically said, oh, look, can we play our game this weekend? We've obviously got Villa in a mm. couple of weeks. And for some benign reason, the FA have gone, oh, no, no, you have to play that kind of four days after you play on a Thursday night. I mean... Ridiculous, isn't it? If they had a brain but, between them, the FA, they'd be dangerous. Well, it's all about scheduling, isn't it? So it's all it's TV. Ever about TV. Yeah. Anyway, it's... Um, we're going to save hold far on the, the preview for the Leicester game and, until uh, we're going to do a slightly earlier show next week on the Wednesday, just a quick preview. Um, so all we've got left to do, Alex, on the agenda is some lovely, lovely fan questions. Yeah, speaking of not having a brain between them, fan questions. <laughs> I've got I mean, to get a link. Big, that's big from you, man who stars himself as the people's champion. Oh, that's See, this is the rapport, us working class people. You can have that bit of banter, <laughs> not like you on your uh, ivory tower. Uh, Daniel yes. Tudge. Uh, to be fair, if I, if I said that, that would be a hate crime. Oh, yeah, you, you would be locked up. Uh, Daniel yeah. Tudge spent the day totally wasting time due to someone else. Who do you think has been the biggest waste of time this season or previous seasons? I wouldn't say anyone has been particularly this season. I think everyone's had a fair crack of the whip. Um, yeah. Thinking back, I mean, the one that kind of your mind goes straight to is storage, just because of the money. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, it's inter- Anelka as well. Yeah, that wasn't great. Uh, Kutroviak did play a bit, but lost interest. Well, he, played a, he played a lot, but I can't remember him doing anything sort of like really good on a football pitch for us, really. Which no, is frustrating. Look at how good he is in Russia at the moment. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think Anelka and storage. Yeah. Big two. There's probably, I mean, there's been loads over the years. Uh, Liam Dunn, is there a manager out there more polarizing than Allardyce? Three weeks ago, I said, the more I think about it, the less I want him next season. After the past two games, I don't know what to think anymore. It's a really good question. Um, yeah. It's, it almost feels 50 50 at the moment, right? It, it feels very pulis of like, you know what you're getting. But do you really want it? So, I mean, where do you start? Do you want Allardyce next season? Is it tipping I'm more in the final? Yeah, like, I mean, all what I would say is he's given me a lot to think about over the last couple of weeks, and it, I think it is unfair. And we've said this before. We said it when he was appointed. He's not. He's not Pulis. He is more. He his teams have historically been more expansive than Pulis teams. What he is is a, he's a particular character with a particular sort of style of particular politics that I can appreciate that there will be some people out there who just go, I don't want that man near my club on a sort of almost like a character level. And I get that. I think that's, a, you know, I, you know, I, I think that's an acceptable view to take. I, I'm still unconvinced that he's the man to oversee sort of like what needs to be a sort of medium term rebuild for us. But the, the performances that he's managed to get out of this team now, albeit in what is quite a low pressure situation, I think is spectacular. And well, as of, you know, lunchtime a couple of Saturdays ago, he could not he could not be doing more to get make sure he gets the job permanently. And that's if he wants it. He hasn't particularly yeah. said either way. I think there was the one little he's not, hint been, that, he's not been effusive, has he? No, there was the one little hint 
wasn't the, the, I think he said that the, he'd want the club to come straight back up, possibly, yeah. but there's not been real um, kind of any concrete messaging or kind of subliminal messages, if you will, by Allardyce, but maybe yeah. he'll see these last couple of games and maybe he'll kind of cast his eye over the next seven games to see whether he'll fancy it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough, but it's a really good question and I'm sure it's one that we'll be answering probably every week and I, I guess how the results go over the next seven games will dictate kind of which way the scales fall in. Leo Watkins, uh, beer gardens are now open. Josh, what's yes. your perfect three drink and light meal combo? Alex, I'll try and find a pub that does fruit shoots for you. There's something condescending about that, I think. Ooh. As if that's yeah, the only I mean... non-alcoholic beverage served in a you're a J. I mean, you're a J2O man, aren't you? Well, you don't have. A, I guess you don't have masses of choice. I don't drink that much kind of soda or fizzy pop or whatever you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm kind of you, your hands are tied yeah. in a pub. But um, yeah, what's your so you, perfect three drink and light meal? Three drinks seems a lot with a light meal. No, well, I don't. I don't think it is. Okay. I mean, I don't drink um, so. Yeah. I mean, well, what I did the other night at the uh, when I, I went to a, a beer garden and I had well, I had four drinks, but you know, legend over here. But I would go for just like nice chips or or they do this thing in America. They have like fried pickles, which are unbelievable. Are you vegetarian, so, like, so I don't feel like your best place to answer the light meal question. Well, but you do. I mean. I guess what he means by light meal. I, I would just get if I, if I'm in a pub, I'd probably usually get just like a bowl of chips, some mayo. Yeah, you talking like sandwich and chips or something like that. Yeah, 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 something like that. But then the three drink, I'll go Peroni Estrello, and then probably finish off with a Guinness if you want three different drinks. That can't be good mixed in your stomach. Well, yeah, but you you know you know you don't drink it all at the same time, do you? It's I a mean, bit because by this by the same logic you'd never have dessert after a main meal, would you? Because you know chocolate cake and and uh, you know roast pork don't necessarily go together. Have you ever tried them together? I can't say I have. Exactly, uh, Kieran Gibson. Is it a genuine sign of progress that Carl Bartley has that Carl Bartley has made with us that he can now block all VAR cameras in one go when often it seems like he couldn't block a single shot three years ago? Very good. Um, it's not really a question, I guess, more of an observation. But yeah, I mean, we touched on the uh, the VAR, but um, yeah, I mean, it just gets more and more bizarre. The fact that neutral uh, fans, that, like I obviously follow on Twitter, you see on social media, we're getting so up, kind of up in arms about it when it's Brighton against West Brom on a Monday, six o'clock. It's one of the least desirable slots over yeah. the weekend. Um, but yeah, like you said, you know, it was brought in to take the attention, I guess, away from referees. But it's now just the attention's just gone to not so much the technology. I think the technology does work. I think it's the people operating it, which are the referees. So I guess has anything changed really? No, no, it's not. No, no. it's not. And I, I stand by what I said earlier. I just I think it's. I'm, I'm, I'm just the reason that I was for VAR in the first place was because I was bored of just constant over analysis of refereeing decisions, and I thought it would to some degree mitigate that, and it's just made it a hundred times worse. So, bin it off. Lovely. 
uh, all Albion fans, uh, with Leicester away next, they, along with the other East Midlands clubs, Forest and Derby, are probably my favourite away days. Not far, but not on the doorstep. Do you have regions that you prefer travelling to for the football? Merseyside good is question. another good one. Very good question. East Midlands is a good shout because actually Leicester, Forest and Derby are all decent away days. Forest yeah. is really nice. I really like in Forest, the summer yeah. Because you're right on the river. I think last time we went or maybe the season before, there was a food festival on the river, yeah. which was really, really nice. Um, so the East Midlands is a good shout. I think Merseyside's another good shout as well. I would be a, a big advocate for. You would I mean, have been dead up north, would you? Well, I was going. I was just about to say the northeast because I, I love going oh. up to Sunderland Castle um, and Sheffield as well. Just to Sheffield's look what, a... like what you could have been in a previous life. Yeah, I do like Sheffield, uh, and I, suppose, I mean I love going down to London away days as well. Oh, London, expensive. Great, just yeah. be, it's expensive, yeah. but it's so easy to get to, and it's a completely different dynamic as well, isn't it? It's sort of, you know, just on the tube and stuff like that. And Anywhere it's, that it's you don't different feel. particularly fancy? East Anglia? Uh, I don't like going to Wales. I don't like the Welsh away days, like Swansea and Cardiff. Pain in the arse. Um, oh, Bristol. Bristol's a great one as well, sorry. Um, well, it's easy, isn't it? Show down the yeah. M5. But... I'm yeah. trying to think if there's anywhere else that I really dislike going. Yeah, I, I, I don't like... I really, I just, yeah, Wales. And I suppose Norwich is a bit of a pain in the arse to get to. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Okay, I'll, we'll clip that for the start of the show. Norwich is a bit weird. Uh, Matt, Alan Partridge <laughs> won't be happy. Uh, Matt Hill, 82. How many strikers will we sign in the summer? Take into account that when the contracts are up, we will only have Zahor and the youngsters on the books. It's a really good point. It's something that obviously we'll do, like transfer specials. And it'll obviously, a lot of it will depend on what league we're in. Yeah. Um I think in the championship, you would see the likes of maybe Robinson and Grant maybe being used more in a kind of forward. Well, we've always said that Grant's more natural on the left. I do agree with that, but I think you can get away with him playing up front more in the championship than you can in the Premier League. But yeah, as as it stands, we will only have Zahor on the books next season up front. Uh, That's an incredible thought, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, Hal Robson Carney must be during contract extension. Yeah, I think I just think he's going to get perpetual one-year extensions on his contract until basically it expires. He's just he's just going to be. He's going it's to be like Alan Pardew at Newcastle, isn't that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just running on turmeric. That's what he does. Um, it's an interesting question. Like, it depends what division we're in. I think. Because I think if we stay in the Premier League, then all of a sudden that that, that task becomes easy because we will probably keep Dianya. Um And obviously we've got... Well, Grant will obviously be on the books as well if you can consider him a striker. Um, I, I think we'll sign... We'll sign at least one. Probably two. <laughs> don't, don't stick your neck out on the line, please. Yeah, I, think we'll, I think we'll sign two strikers, yeah. And one of them will be like a, a main striker. Any, any names you want to throw out there? I mean, what, what for what? Premier League or Championship? Uh, pr- Premier League, because we're saying off, aren't we? So. Yeah, we are. Um, uh, none that I think we could realistically land at the moment, but I just, I bet Albion are fucking kicking themselves that they decided to go for Carlin Grant out of Ivan Tony. Well, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Speaking yeah. of 
wonderful things, my last little link of this week, Jesse at the pitch Here control. It's it's strong this week. Yeah. It's yeah. oh it's it's up there. He's got I think he's gone a little early on it. What I like about these questions, talk about them a little longer this week as well. They're always topical. They're always, you know, Christmas ones. We've had Halloween ones. We've had, you know, if incidents happened at the Albion or loans or signings. He's always on it with them. He's gone early on this. And I feel like he should have waited till the summer. But he's got it in and it's good. One night stand, marry one, kill one. England football songs special. Oh, shit. Oh, it's good. Three Lions, which I would guess is the original version. Yeah. Um, World in Motion. Oh. And We're on the Ball. Three okay. very good songs. Yeah. I'm Killing We're on the Ball. Correct. I'm having the one night stand with World in Motion. Oh, I'm, no, I'm different. And I'm going to marry Three Lions. Three Lions is good. And Three Lions is admittedly overplayed, but it is that's like... That's where I stand with... That's why I only want the one night stand, because after a bit, it gets repetitive. I don't know if it does, though. I... <laughs> Imagine that every morning. I'll tell you what, you set that as your phone alarm in the morning and see how quick you were. <laughs> Change it back. Okay, okay I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'll do it then. World in, in fact, Motion you know right may be one of right the... Now top five songs made ever regardless That's, of football. that is a big 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 claim well have I told you about my theory that Sweet Caroline is the greatest song of all time that's poor no 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 that's poor really yeah I take my I take you I take my music seriously as you know I'm a musician so you can take it from me of course. the best song of all time you played the triangle in high school you're not a musician <laughs> Anyway, you can listen right, to we... uh, Josh's band on Spotify. Oh, the noise! You can have a free plug this week. <laughs> and speaking of uh, free weeks, we've got a free uh, weekend. Yeah, well, what, what the bloody hell are you going to be doing? Uh, not not a lot. Probably watch the other football. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the other football shall be watched. Yeah, that's exactly exactly my plan as well. Just. Yeah, sit on my ass, watch football, drink, maybe go to pub garden. It's going to be bloody glorious. Bloody glorious. Anyway, thank you very much for joining me this week, Alex. That's all right. No problem. And speaking of bloody glorious, the baggies will be back next week. They will indeed, as will we at a slightly earlier time on Wednesday. So all that remains for me today is thank you very much for listening. Boing, boing and cheerio.